Wait, Alex, you're gonna cut this, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of searching for the uh, the, the right open for the for the podcast. So okay, I'm this is not it. it. Somebody <laughs> say something provocative. This would be incredibly inappropriate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 2021 version of Ultimate Musical Theater Brackets. This year, it's all about I want songs. My name is Alex Schneidman. everybody welcome back welcome 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 to the final four of this illustrious podcast the ultimate musical theater brackets i want songs four songs remain out of 64 uh they are out there from the hunchback of notre dame they are i hope i get it from a chorus line they are waiting for life from once on this island and they are ninety-six thousand from uh in the heights um Along with those four songs are four judges. Four judges that have already been on the podcast this season. So I won't be uh, performing an inquisition on them to find out what gives them a right to be here. Um, But they will say hi, Mariah. Thanks for remembering to introduce me this week. Uh, Rosie Jo. Yes. Just say hi. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Good to talk to you all. Michael. Hi. <laughs> this is going so well thus far. <laughs> Hello. And Mariel? Hey. Thank you for <laughs> <That was> cooperating. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, look, we're just going to get right down to it. Same way we've done it in the past. We're going to start on the left side and go to the right side. Our first matchup is between out there from the Hunchback of Notre Dame up against I Hope I Get It from a chorus line. Uh, to get to this point, Out There had to defeat One Perfect Moment from Bring It On the Musical, Roxy from Chicago, Maybe from Annie, and The Wizard and I from Wicked. Uh, I believe it was a lock in the first round, but has not been a lock since. I Hope I Get It had to defeat On Your Way Home from James and the Giant Peach, then had to defeat the prologue of Into the Woods, then One Song Glory from Rent, and finally What You Want from Legally Blonde to get to this point. Uh, I Hope I Get It has been a lock twice, once in the first round and once in the third round, but not in the second round. Um, uh, so actually, uh, let's just get right down to it. Who wants to start? Who wants to, where do we want to go? Rosie Joe, let's hear it. Don't you think out there has gone far enough. I just think, you know, it had a good run and maybe it's time we all move on. That being said, I think the journey of a course line is so much deeper and like more complex and more exquisite than that of Hunchback. And so I will probably be voting for, I hope I get it this week. I also think Phoebe's point last week was well made about who has solos in this number. I think that the Paul section really puts it over the edge as an outstanding piece. I will say I'm solidly not moving. (laughs) Um, And I think I'm going to be the only one of the three of you that doesn't vote for, I hope I get it. Um, And the reason why is 
I was like, listen, I've been listening to these a lot. And the things that I started attributing to, I hope I get it, which I think is similar to what Rosie just said, are things that make a good opening number, but not necessarily things that make a good I want song. Um, and that's not to say I don't think it's not a want song. I think it is. I've voted for it every time up until this point, pretty much, except for with what you want. But that was just like a love vote for myself. <laughs> but uh and I think it's for two reasons. And it one is when I like really listen to I hope. So something I said last week that I didn't really explain, but I think it's important to say now is I'm trying not to attribute positive things about the show, a chorus line to this number, because it is the first, I think like sometimes pulling songs out of context is important. I think it's important for this song because it is the opening number. It's the only opening number we have left. And seeing something without context is the same as seeing the first thing in the show. And I also have never seen a chorus line live other than watching Marielle do it in college at a dress rehearsal. So I'll say that. But I think those details that Phoebe mentioned are really important. But when you're watching that number, the point of that number is to like establish the stakes of the show, show you that everybody wants it and that they are differentiated, but they're not truly differentiated. And those little details come together later, which are important, but it doesn't necessarily endear you to any of the characters. Like when I, I like was listening to the song and I also just like watched a couple of recordings of it. And like the thing that strikes me about it is the nervousness of knowing how much everybody wants it and how horrible they all feel inside and then like watching the fact that they're actually going to get cut and all of those things together engage me in the story but I'm finding something important to me is that like I'm on the team of the people who are singing their I want song and it's not to say that that song doesn't make me want that but I, I think there's something to be said to the fact that like, it's about the chorus line. It's about changing your perspectives of the actors who are in a chorus in a show. And that when you see that first number, it's the thing that we're redefining in our general perception of what this experience is like. It's like, this isn't all daisies and roses. This isn't all getting your dreams. Like it's, funny and it's embarrassing and it's hopeful and it's scared like it's so much more than that and that for me I feel like is the important part of I hope I get it whereas without there I think it is like the only truly good song in that show and that's to say like I'm voting for it knowing that I think it comes from a much worse show but because I'm evaluating it on the song and like I've heard a lot of people like talk about how much they don't like the song in the podcast, but I do think that the melody is really beautiful. I was thinking today about how that main line of it, where he goes, but out there is like, it feels like it is literally set up the, mel the melodic line as if you're approaching something and you're leaping off and then you're falling down. Like those those intervals are important. That melodic line starts minor and then it slightly changes, then it slightly changes and it goes into the dream and it gets the, you know, I said this last week, but the intervals get bigger and bigger as the song goes. And it's just, 
it's the only thing I like about that show, which I feel like is important for the purpose of the I Want song, which is dear you to the protagonist, to make you have a stake in what they're about to do. And I think that the task of I Hope I Get It is much more nuanced than out there, but it's what makes it a great opening number. Yeah, so I think I have sort of changed my mind about both these songs. Like when I think when I was first on this podcast, um. Uh, so I now think that Out There is a very beautiful song. I listen to it a lot. I watch a lot of different versions of it. And I think it's quite beautiful. Um, with I Hope I Get It, Mariah, like, I think that like three weeks ago, I felt exactly the same as you did. And I felt that sort of the expository nature of the song and also the fact that it like has to teach a group of people who, like, unlike us, aren't really familiar with an audition environment, like has to teach them what that's like, like that that kind of project gets in the way of the sort of like earnest, tender emotion that I associate with I Want Songs, or that at least that I want I Want Songs to have. Um, and also I, I said this in the podcast a couple weeks ago, but that like, I kind of felt like the project of a chorus line was to like establish the group as like a group without distinction that just is ruthlessly wants a goal and then to sort of complicate that so that by the end of the show, you feel very differently than you do in the opening. But I don't think that anymore. And I think it's because when I was, listening to the song today and watching it today, I, I thought a couple of things. Like, first of all, I remember when I was in a chorus line, <laughs> I felt like the opening number had like two songs in it. Like there was one that was this like relentless march, like really, really click fast, like really intense, really cutthroat. Like the point was to establish exactly what you were saying. that Like, this is not going to be like a happy story that you think it's going to be. But if you listen to it a lot, like there is this very quiet undercurrent of tenderness. I find it like melts my heart and it, it melted my heart when I was on stage doing it. Like in the scene, like right after everyone's auditioned and when Zach is reading out the girls, there's this like, I think it's like a flute solo or like, I don't know, an oboe or something, but it's like, it and very, very quietly and I'm very high and it's like, it is the most tender melody played so tenderly that you've ever heard. And I remember every day, I, I felt like it was like this thing that the writers of A Chorus Line baked into the score to like express gentleness and solidarity and like absolute love for the characters and for the people on stage. It was this like sign to you that like, the people who wrote this show are on the team of the actors and you should be too. And like, this is more than just like, you know, a cutthroat environment. Like, it's not like, this is like, there is love and there is beauty and there is like people's lives at stake. Like, that's a lot to put on like a flute solo, but it, it repeats, <laughs> it, it, like, but it like, but it, it, the thing is I'm telling you, like it repeats a hundred times in really, really quiet ways. You know, like last week you guys were talking about how like we have to incorporate staging into our thoughts about these songs because like we're talking about the experience of a, of a piece, right? But I think that is especially true with a chorus line for a couple of reasons. I think for one, because a chorus line is so strictly stipulated in the script where characters are literally like, if you read the script, it's like what it, the, the order at the beginning, like when the lights go up and they're doing the dance, there's maps like with with people and it has been done the same way literally since it opened and so I think it's really fair to consider the choreography like when we're evaluating these songs the project of a chorus line is in part like 
to present dance as a, a medium of storytelling with as much expressive potential as speech or a song. The, the way that the individuals perform the dance in their audition, I think we have to consider how that communicates to us and how that makes us want to root for them as well as just like the fact that it's, you know, group singing and like the tender solo. Can I just say outright what you implied, Marielle, just in case like anyone doesn't know that there's so much more to the number than what's included on the, any cast album. Yeah. So like there are huge chunks of this song um, and scenes within the song and underscoring under those scenes that don't appear on the cast album. So, but also like, I don't know if I want to get into this now. I just, I really think, I I really do not agree with John that writers, like musical theater writers writing pieces about musical theater is like out of touch or self-congratulatory because I think it is completely natural for artists to want to communicate with one another in their work. And the thing about A Chorus Line specifically is that first of all, it's like one of the longest running shows on Broadway ever. And it was clearly sustained by people outside of our profession. And two, like this show had like tangible, like has and still has like a tangible legacy of, of employing people for whom this show meant like the first time they ever spoke a line on, line on stage or the first time they ever sang a song on stage or the first time that their dancing was featured as a solo or like that they didn't have to step in line. You know what I mean? Like those are like tangible employment results that came out of this show. So I really don't think that this is an example of like a show about showbiz that's self-congratulatory, you know, like this had real world effects. Michael, you've been very quiet over there. I know, Every, everything is is whizzing by. I feel like I, I'm trying to like catch up and there are a lot of points I wanna hit on and I wanna make sure that we're also like talking about one thing versus 10 things in one thing, if yeah. that makes sense. There's a couple, a couple things to share. I'm struggling with Mariah's point. I think it was expertly made because just expounding the virtues of the number, and we all agree there are many, I still get what you're saying. Like it's still not really the I want song. And I also think we're at a place in the bracket right now where it's a little bit of like, we kind of got to zoom out and think of like, what, what should represent in the final two? Like, what do those two songs, what do they like, what do they carry in their backpacks that we feel is like deserving of being in the finals? And that is so many things that goes beyond just like their performance against another song in the bracket the whole way through. And that's something I'm struggling with today, this week, um, but also feels like one of my most emotional weeks of like, I don't give a crap about the logic or anything. It's like, just what do you feel should be the final two songs? It's ultimate, like it's like your, it's your heart. That's what this art form demands of us is our heart all the time. So I think it is just like a heart decision. All that said, I think something about, I want songs that we've talked a lot about is sort of like the explicit implicit, like the like, the sort of, there's sort of a metaphor in the song or there's something they're talking about, but we get this greater sense of greater purpose, greater need, greater um, existence. What's that word that we all use when we're, existentialism. There's a, there's a greater sort of existential quality that we reach. And I think the Paul solo is exactly that in, in, in terms of the I wantness of the opening number of chorus line of that like, I think it's, we take this image for granted a lot. And again, this is an image that's not on the track, but like when that chorus line forms, they all walk down to the lip of the stage and it's a climax, dun, 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 dun. Oh, and also, and this is something Marielle brought up. I think to me that da, 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 like that orchestration to me is one of wanting. 
like it just like drips with almost a lust and a grit that I think is like so sexy and empowering and like feels to me the way that the if I were in her sci-fi treasure feels in out there. It's like it just musically is is it just like rips your it twists your core, you know, and I think that's what we do want. But I think chorus line musically has that the same way that out there has that. The moment <laughs> they all proceed down the thing and you think they're gonna come to like, or, and when they stop, they hold up their freaking headshot and it's not their faces. They don't get any applause. They don't get any acclaim. It's not about them. It's about this picture that they are replaced. Like that's shocking. When you see that in the original house of like the first preview of a chorus line of the public, that moment is shocking. Now we take it for granted because it's iconic. But can you imagine sitting there and seeing that thing? And then the headshot falls and Paul sings, who am I anyway? Am I my resume? And suddenly it's like, oh, it's not about this job. It's about what does it mean that I have a job? What does it mean to have a career? What does it mean to need to have a job? What does it mean to be a person who's represented by their work? And perhaps that's why it did run for 20 years, Marielle, because it spoke to people who weren't artists too. It spoke to anyone who has a job. And what does your job mean for you? And I think in a number that's so chaotic to have that much, to have it end on this very gentle existential question, like that is the I want song. I would argue that if you actually just took Paul Solo, it would probably still be in the top four of the bracket. Like I kind of think that solo in and of itself is enough of an I want song to justify the whole thing. All that said, yes, it's just a terrific damn opening. And out there is the traditional I want song. Yes, Mariah. So Alex and I have talked about this a lot, like offline, but I want to bring it into like the online conversation because I do think it's really important. Um, we were talking about the week that like me, Allie and Robert were on and something we talked about after that, like a little bit was on the podcast, but a lot of it wasn't, was like, there are a lot of shows and a lot of songs that people care a lot about in the bracket. Um, or people that Alex has had on in the past who know a lot more about Broadway and musicals than we do because they grew up with different shows and different experiences and typically a lot physically closer to Broadway than we did. But something that I'm not getting convinced by with I Hope I Get It, that sometimes I don't get convinced by in other songs or have in other seasons is because I think the experience of the song is important. Um, which is why I agreed with Phoebe last week that it was, and why I brought up, like we haven't talked about the dancing and that is a huge part of the show. But I think when we're talking about the canon, sometimes we get swept up in like what makes a good song because we think about like the, I'm thinking about like last, <laughs> last year during the finale when it, we were talking about somewhere and we were like, but somewhere could be this and somewhere was this like historically. And Andrew Rossier was like, we're talking a lot about what somewhere could be but th these are not necessarily things that somewhere did. And I feel a little bit that way with I hope I get it because I'm somebody who has never done the show and has only seen it one time. Like, I feel like a lot of those things Michael brought up and that like that you all have brought up are really important in what, what make it a strong show. But I don't know if it is being carried on the back of I hope I get it, you know what I mean? And I think it's important to think about the experience of seeing or hearing a song. Like, I, I never saw a Broadway show until I was 23 years old. And the only way that I could tell what a show was like was listening to a recording, watching a bad YouTube video and reading a Wikipedia description, right? And like, I don't say this to be like, 
to be like, wow, wow, why don't I know enough about Broadway? I say this to like say that I, I, I think that I hope I get it is a fantastic opening number. I think Paul Solo is a beautiful piece when you hear the rest of the show and you know and you have the ability to look really closely at all of those details. And it's not to say the details aren't important or aren't artful. And when I think about like the I want song, like to me, a chorus line is the I want show, right? But it's, we're, we're thinking about all of these things in context of something that's very taken off of like the actual piece that we're talking about. And like, I feel like out there, my, I think Michael said this about Pippin, to me, Out There is such a strong song because it's such a terrible show. And it's like one of the only redeeming pieces to me. I think it's really strong as a standalone. And so when we're comparing them, I think it's important to like bring in like what is the song itself doing without like, and, and I feel this most because I have no personal attachment to either of these songs. So we are going to move to votes. Mariah. I was gonna sing, but I'm not warmed up out there. <laughs> Rosie Joe. Out there from the hunchback of Notre Dame. Michael. I hope I get it. And Marielle. I hope I get it, but I do not think that out there is a shitty song anymore. <laughs> I just wanna say that. I think it's quite beautiful. <laughs> okay. Um, interesting. So, uh, I hope I get it beat out there in the public vote. Um, 56 to 44. So because you guys split the podcast vote, uh, both songs are lifted by the same tide. And uh, I hope I get it wins the matchup 54 to 46 in the cumulative tally where it will meet one of the next two songs. On the right side of the, of the bracket, we've got Waiting for Life from Once on This Island, uh, which to get here defeated On My Way from Violet. It won't be long now from, interestingly, In the Heights, uh, Part of Your World from uh, The Little Mermaid, and My Shot from Hamilton. Uh, the two Lin-Manuel Miranda songs already, beating In the Heights song already, and is now up against another uh, Lin-Manuel In the Heights song. Uh, that other Lin-Manuel In the Heights song is 96,000. Uh, to get to this point, 96,000 defeated I Know It's Today from... Shrek. From Shrek. <laughs> um, Shrek, thank you. Um, I, dude, I, I'm just the guy that hosts. I don't know. Um... It beat Journey to the Past from Anastasia. It beat Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors. And it beat If I Were a Rich Man last week to get to this point. So we've got- Congratulations, Mariah, by the way. On that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really happy for, for you. Life, <laughs> and we've got 96,000. Who's got words to say? Mariah? Well, I- I was torn on these to begin with. I'll have thoughts to add later. I will say the fact that one of these songs is going to go up against you, I hope I get it, really changes for me like what I'm 
thinking about because I, I feel like that just changes the conversation we're going to have. And I want it to be an interesting one. And I'm just thinking about a lot of things <laughs> because of that decision. Should well, I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm curious because, you know, people have said this, that what is it about this matchup knowing that I hope I get it just one is, is sort of throwing some, some changes in. I'm curious what people have to say about that. Both 96,000 and I hope I get it are montage style group numbers that are, we've, we've said they are, I want songs because I'm both waiting for life and out there are, traditional by the book definition i want songs of one character in the first 20 to 25 minutes of the show telling the audience what they are going to seek in their journey so are we suggesting that for that reason people are interested in balance and are tending towards waiting for life or do we see i hope i get its success here as indicative of a truth that an i want song uh the ultimate i want song involves a large group of people and therefore it's ninety-six thousand. Which one is it? I don't know. I'm just the guy that asks the questions. I think it could be something different for everyone, but for me, it's 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 the balance one. I I want a representative top two. My position as the uh, commissioner of this event uh, would be to completely ignore what just happened and look at these two songs as they exist on their own in comparison to each other without a third song in the mix because we have essentially decided every matchup up until this point that way and to do so to change now would be in my opinion a a break from the form in how we've made these decisions in the past i agree with unless that. But, but that's not but none of the matchups we've ever done before have been the last matchup like the last conversation we're gonna have that's true i don't think that's also you say. don't know what why people are voting how they're voting <laughs> How, why are you, why do you get to guess? How <laughs> what gives you the right? <laughs> what gives you the right to assume your constituents' desires? Ugh. I'm not assuming my constituents' desires. I'm laying my desires very bare. Well, intentions I just, then. Michael, you talk. I just keep talking. Also, just to say that these songs have also been sort of, not only talked to death, but these songs have been talked about a lot. So it's like, yeah. For some, for some, in some purposes, for sake of new argument and holding people's attention, we should talk about like a, we should look from the top. We should look from the forest, not from the bark. We talked about the bark a lot. That said, I have not got to talk about the bark of waiting for life yet, and here I go. Um, I will just say I think this song has special sauce for me. It's just got that like special sauce. When when in the Mariah Ali Robert episode where it, it sort of came in to, to upset part of your world. I had to stop listening to the podcast to listen to the entire recording of Was Silent and cried walking through Prospect Park. Um, and, and I think it does a lot of things very well. We have not talked about the clarinet solo. The da 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 I mean, come on, you could just live in that clarinet solo. I actually think the backup in this is extremely important. And I think maybe we actually could use this to rival the group number element at 96,000. Is it, and granted, if you don't know what's on this island, it, it takes place on an island that's been ravaged and a group of people start telling this little girl the story of Timun. They cast her as little Timun and then the real Timun sort of like shows up and we sort of don't really know if like real Timun is like the spirit of Timun or whatever. 
you can have your own opinion. Um, but throughout the course, I mean, constantly this sort of like, that we sort of have these elements of, we're back at sort of the campfire telling the story and then the moments where we're in the story. And I think the backup in Waiting for Life is the people around the fire telling the story. And so when they get to the one small girl, one small girl at the end, there's just this sort of mythic quality of like, why do we tell stories of people wanting? Like it, it, is, it is because there's morality in that. It's because, I mean, why do we tell the story, right? Like our lives become the story that we weave. Again, this is the end of the show. I'm sorry, I don't think you're in this in, but like, I think that idea that our lives become the stories that we weave is like why we all, at least at one point, made it a, tried to make a living making musicals, right? Like I'm, I'm getting wrapped up in my own neuroses and my own passion a little bit here. I'm trying to get better at making concrete arguments. I also just find it an extremely dynamic song, especially in terms of the I Want song. Like we go from to the first, oh God, oh God, to then it like really comes down and then it gets to build back up again. And I just find it thrilling. It's like thrilling to listen to. It's also one of those songs that like the way it's like clipped rhythmically sounds like how people speak. Like it, it like if you were to you, if you were to speak it as a monologue, into you know, those horrible acting exercises that people make you do where they have to make you speak the lyrics as monologues, like it would be you would speak it the same way. It would it would just fall out of your mouth the way that, and that's like something that like Wizard and I does not do, right? Like Wizard and I like does not fall out of anyone's mouth naturally. That's why that song fits. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I think Winning for Life, like it it something it just feels perfect in a kind of way. I think it's just an extraordinary song. The one thing I will say is that Phoebe Gonzalez did an extraordinary defense of Madison Cousin last week, and something that I really took from that was rethinking about who the protagonist of that show is, thinking about it as the community and to like restructure what I think of as the plot of that show, which is not about Usnavi wanting to go to Dominican Republic uh, or, or Nina coming home from college and like needing to figure that. Like, I, think, I think an older version of me said, well, the protagonist is either Usnavi and Nina kind of has the I want song with Breathe. Like that's like, those are sort of the journeys that we're on. But we think of the show as about a neighborhood someone in the neighborhood wins the lottery, that's the inciting incident, that breaks the stasis. And like the show becomes about what happens when your dreams come true. You know, like it, it, it bec that becomes the, the it's about, it's about 96,000. And therefore 96,000 is the appropriate launch you've had, therefore is the appropriate it wants on because it actually starts the journey that we end on. But my problem is it comes after like four I want songs. It comes after Usnavi's opening. It comes after Nina's breathe. It comes happens after Vanessa's will be long now. So we've already had all of these sort of like journey I want song moments. And therefore in like the form and the structure of musicals, it just sort of becomes imperfect in a way that Waiting for Life is perfect to me. I think 96,000 sort of fails because it's, it competes with other songs for the I want slot. And therefore it feels less like I'm willing to champion it as the traditional I want song. Okay. I yield the floor. Wait, can I, Mariah, can you talk about why you think 96,000 is a more successful I want song than God, I hope I get it? Yeah. I have not been convinced from the argument of I hope I get it that like everyone gets this individual moment, but we see them as a collective and we want it for all of them because that's just not my experience of watching that song. I do have the experience of that with 96,000. And I like brought that up a little bit last week and John was like, well, cause they're not in competition with each other. 
And they might not be in competition, but not everybody's going to win the lottery, right? Not all of that money, even if it is split up among the individuals who won, not everybody is going to get their dream. And also 96,000 is not enough money to make all of these dreams that people are talking about come true. But I think there is a way, and it was like a new way that we hadn't had in a while, where a style of music and a way of like, I keep saying this, but like the way that the genres, these different genres overlap in each other in this one really like, just Alex said the song was like Broadway and sicko mode today. And I totally agree. Like it is so invigorating. And I think that the thing that's important to me is that a song is like activating and that that song puts you in the seat. Like for me, a really great I want song puts me in the seat of the people singing it. And I want it as much as they do. And I feel like with those two songs, I don't feel that. And I hope I get it for the reason Michael's talking about that it is the first song. And there's not a lot differentiating other than like small details that you can't really tell when you watch the show first time. It's not a lot of details differentiating those different characters because we need to get them later. With this song, I think actually because we sit in it a little longer and because we don't get such long bits from everybody, it gives us more reason to really root for them. But then also they're not being in comparison to each other. They're being sung in conversation in this way that's like, damn, what if we all got what we wanted, right? And it, it like, that is thrilling to me and so activating to me and watching it, I think is really, like, you know, Phoebe talked about it. It was watching a community that was not being done. And like, I don't like to bring these like outside things in the bracket sometimes because I don't feel like it's like what makes it a stronger song. But in this one, I do think it, it does, right? Because like Michael said, it changes who you think the sort of like the protagonist is. It changes what the show is about. I was going to say to you, Mariah, in 90, in, in, I hope I get it. They all have the same dream, but in 96,000, they all have, they, although they all want the $96,000, they all express their different dreams of what they would do with it. And I think that is what makes it feel more like an I want song because so much of I want song is made up of like, what does it show you about the character? How does it let you know, like the, the heart of, of, of the guy, of the girl, of, of the characters. And I think 96,000 does do that. Um, like in in a more individualized way. Of course, the point of I hope I get it is that the chorus line is the protagonist. They all want this, right? I mean, they're each doing what they're trying to do well. They're just trying to do different things. But how do we bring this back to Waiting for Life, though? Right, like- I'm, I'm still voting for Waiting for Life. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Is well, it, the, the, I, like, I feel like we're having the interesting conversation that is probably not going to happen next week. But like what- That's what I was that, just about to say. Yeah, it's like, I feel like the thing is, is that like, if it if the brackets were flipped and it were I hope I get it over um, ninety six thousand, like I'm not sure that I would vote for I hope I get it. But I think, and I obviously I would definitely not vote for out there over waiting for life, you know. But I think, <laughs> but I, I do. But I I am on Alex's side in the sense that I think that there ha- like I think that there has to be some kind of control to how we decide and I think that it's interesting to talk about like what ifs but I think that (laughs) 
I think it is our duty to, (laughs) (laughs) it's my duty to (laughs) like honor Alex's seating and let the songs that ended up in conversation with one another be in conversation with one another. And I think that in that sense is just that waiting for life is unbeatable. Like it, that song is like, that song is this like heavyweight. Like it was never going to not make it all the way. Like it, like for so many reasons that Michael told so brilliantly for, and also for, for one thing, like there's a reason, I think there's a, a, a true reason why I like we associate, or at least I, in my mind associate, I want songs with like young female protagonists. And I, I think that this, like this song is like, this whole show does a great job of taking the wishes of its like young protagonist really seriously. And actually like, even though those wishes go it's not like they go wrong. I mean, she ends up dead, but like, like that even, even though those wishes don't come true in the way she expected to, like the show is not about like her youthful idealism and how stupid she was. Like the show is actually about how important it is for young people to have the, the, the freedom to like, to dream in that sense and like to follow those dreams and how those like young women's stories actually feed into community and feed other young women who listen to them. Like there's a legacy there, like Michael said. And that song I think is the perfect, like the the, the, the perfect nugget, whatever, to prove that, to, to talk about like why young women express themselves, young female characters express themselves so beautifully in this specific kind of song. Like T-Moon is the perfect protagonist for that. And her show never condescends her. Like, I think that's beautiful. All right, Rosie Joe, what do you got? And then I'm gonna well, push us to vote. Well, Mariel, you say that, you know, like she doesn't get what she wants or what she wants goes awry, but she doesn't sing in the song, I want to, I want Daniel to fall in love with me. I, I want to marry a boy. She says, waiting for life to begin. She wants her life to start. She wants to know why the gods saved her from the storm. In in that, through that lens, it does come true, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's so much the point is that like you, it's not gonna look like what you think it's gonna look like, but it will happen, you know? Like I, I promise you, kid, like it will happen. It just may not look like what you think it's, I mean, it's like in this long tradition of dark I want songs that like have a young character, like, pre- like, like having, like foreseeing their own death. Like that's what the wizard and I is. That's what something's coming is, right? Like, like it's it's part of this, but but this, but this show is like way less morbid <laughs> than the other two shows, you know? Like it's like death is a part of life. Like there's beauty in that, you know? It's not too sad. I don't know. Something I just came to appreciate mm-hmm. about Waiting for Life too, that goes back to the sort of myth thing and the storytellers on the campfire thing is that we don't actually know if the story of Timun is at all true or at all real. Like the fact that it takes its protagonist so seriously when actually this is like, it is a Bible story to them, right? It's like, it is, it is some, it is simply, it is, it is a story that gets passed down like Johnny Appleseed or like God or like the, like the tooth fairy. Like it's, it's not a myth, necess- like you pointed right. to earlier. And like the fact that, that uh, there's something that is so harmonious about the fact that like it exists in a musical and now we we use the musical the way that the, the people in the story use the story of T-Moon. Like, I, just, I just find it. So, oh, oh. Okay, so let's vote. Mariah. Waiting for life to begin. 
Rosie Jo. Waiting for life from once on this island. Michael. Waiting for life. And Marielle. Also waiting for life. Wow. All right. So um, with the clean sweep, waiting for life wins and moves on to the final where it will meet. I hope I get it. Uh, in the public vote, waiting for life and 96,000 were almost tied. Um, wow. Uh, they were tied up until the very last day of votes. Uh, when waiting for life pulled ahead, the, the final public tally was 51.5 to 48.5 for those two songs. Wow. Beautiful. Um, but Gorgeous. the finals are set. Uh, we've got, I hope I get it from a chorus line up against waiting for life from once on this island. All right, everybody, this is it. We, we're done. We're not done. Sorry. We're down to the, the last two songs. Uh, 64 has become two. Uh, are they the right two? Who knows? They are the two we have. And they are the two that everyone will vote on this upcoming week. We will have almost all of the guest judges that we've had um, on the pod so far this season back for the final. Um, still 30% of the vote, but it will be perfectly fine. Um, I'm really excited. And uh, I hope you listen next week. Thanks, everybody. Vote on the website. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call.